0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Indeed, the gang is all here on a Friday afternoon and a good looking one, too. Lars, Matt, Justin, and we've got great guests lined up for you today. Justin Fowler, the former Alabama fullback and NFL player. Uh, We miscommunicated yesterday. But today, I'm quite certain he will be on in just a few minutes. (laughs) And also, pardon me, Stan White. He hadn't joined us in a while, but a former Auburn quarterback and member of the broadcast team, he retired this past season. But uh, he's going to join us, and maybe he can uh, straighten things out at quarterback. It appeared that it was, Lars. It appeared that it was going to be Peyton Thorne. And then maybe Hugh Freeze had a little bit of a drawback. And then I hear this morning on um, Jock's Morning Show that Peyton's the guy. Where do you land on this?
2: I have only heard one thing, that it's uh, Peyton Thorne. And, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze uh, addressed the the media and um, basically confirmed that. And um, and he also, he said something really interesting. Um, He said that... uh, I believe Robbie Ashford, and this is the direct quote, I believe Robbie Ashford gives us an absolute better shot to win the game if he accepts this news because he might be the most freakish athlete I've ever had at quarterback. The interesting phrase there is, if he accepts this news. Is it possible that... Uh, r- r- obviously, Robbie asper has got to be disappointed, right? Uh, he was Auburn's main quarterback last season. We know what a dynamic uh, athlete he is. He ran for 709 yards and seven touchdowns, but still, he only completed 49.2% of his pass attempts, and Hugh Freeze uh, did say yesterday that uh, Ashford is going to have a package of plays in the offense, and so, uh, as he should, but uh, that, that, that uh, again, that phrase, if he accepts this news, just sort of caught my ear. And so maybe that is something just to uh, keep an eye on. But uh, I, I think Thorne really is the obvious answer, uh, again, because in, in Hugh Freeze's attack, Uh, offensive attack you you just you have to be accurate you need to know uh, where to go with the ball you need to make decisions really quick you need to be able to diagnose the defense and understand what the defense is trying to do based on down and distance and where the ball is on the field and um, you know just last year Auburn had one of the worst passing offenses in in, in the country And, and Hugh Freeze he you know, he went he went hard into the transfer portal to try to fix that. So now you're going to have you're going to have a new uh, uh, you are gonna have a Michigan State quarterback. Uh, you're going to have a uh, wide receiver from uh, North Texas, Jair Shorter, a wide receiver from Jackson State, Shane Hooks, a wide receiver from Cincinnati, Nick Mardner, and a wide receiver from Ohio State, Caleb Burton. And uh, then you're also going to have a tight end from FIU uh, in, in uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. And then you're also, <laughs> to top it all off, you're going to have three offensive linemen that he got out of the transfer portal, right? So uh, Hugh Freeze really ha- has uh, tried to remake this offense, and uh, and we'll see how successful that is. But uh Yeah, I'm glad you uh, brought this up at the top of the show because this is the biggest story uh, today in this state. And and I know the news uh, was broken yesterday. But uh, I I think Peyton Thorne is, uh, again, he's battle-tested. He he was the starter at Michigan State for the last two seasons. Um, He... uh, um, uh he th- he's thrown for in 2001 or sorry 2021 he threw for 3200 yards 27 touchdowns 11 picks and then last season uh threw for tw- uh, almost 2700 yards 19 touchdowns and 11 interceptions as well uh a little too high on on the interceptions but um, he was at Michigan State through spring practice, th- through spring practice, and uh, ultimately decided to transfer during that uh, spring transfer window, and committed to Auburn on May fifth. so, the other thing, you know, he hasn't been on the Auburn, he hasn't been on the Auburn campus that long, no. uh, and but this is a, you know, I think it's a testament to his maturity. And uh, again, he's played a lot of important football uh, in big games and big stadiums. And I, 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 I thought this was gonna be the decision all along. Um, and, and I think he and Robbie Asford really could form a dynamic one-two punch while you have Asford still just sort of working uh, on improving his uh, throwing mechanics, his accuracy, his understanding of the offense and then Ashford could be the guy next year. I mean, to me, this makes perfect sense. How about you, Matt?
1: Well, I got a lot of questions I might just kind of throw your way. First of all, I feel for Robbie Ashford, you know. He's an Alabama guy, grew up, played at Hoover, transferred and uh, played a little bit at Oregon. That didn't work out, so he come, he and Bo swap. And he gets there, and he, and he makes progress, and then... Tch- here comes Peyton Thorne, which by the way, I think we all know that Sam Hartman had a lot to do with Tyler Buckner's decision to leave Notre Dame come to Alabama. Why did uh, Thorne come? I mean he's a two two year starter coming back Michigan State not a bad team Michigan State playing in a really really good conference i'll I'll throw a question out there that I don't know the answer to why the heck did that guy transfer? From the Spartans.
2: Well, that's a good question. I, I think he um, realized that uh, he may have uh, some serious competition at quarterback. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't really um, get too deep into that. I can't um, either,
1: and that's why I feel bad yeah, throwing the question your way. Yeah, but there um, had to have been a reason. Um, did they sign a freshman that can really spin it? I'll actually. We, I need to do some research on that before I ask the question. But just getting back to that and Peyton Thorne being named the quarterback, I'm not surprised that it finally happened, to be very, very honest with you, for, for many reasons. You probably were too, Lars. I was pulling for Robbie Ashford. Um, I, I think that his inability to be accurate, consistent, passing the football, because we all know when, when he's on target and the way he can throw the football It's a thing of beauty. But he misses, and I think he makes mistakes and maybe even turns the ball over. But um, not surprised is Peyton Thorne going to see how all these transfers and want to really get opinions from our listeners, from our guests. You just named potential starters at Auburn at every single position in offense. (laughs) Except yeah. maybe, except, except maybe running back,
2: right? Except running back um, in one offensive line or two offensive line positions. It's, um, it's un, how do you get that to mesh, Lars? It's football,
1: football, yeah. and uh, you can run if you can run one offense, you can run them all. But um, you know, the same thing could be asked for Dion because I think he's got twelve <laughs> new starters
2: on both sides of the yeah, line. Really. Eleven new, yeah. Um, yeah, I. I it, it, Again, Auburn and Colorado are going to be just very. It's like almost like a scientific experiment. Like, can this work when you essentially form your team from the transfer portal? And uh, and and I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, get the chemistry? And how do you? Uh, um, just get everybody on the same page and it's uh, it's an interesting question it's an interesting question and, and, you know, I I think Peyton Thorne by the way uh, in thinking about it Michigan State doesn't have a ton of experience at quarterback and uh, it's sort of a, a wide open competition I, I don't know if uh, Mel Tucker has named a starter yet but um, I think Really, it wasn't what he was leaving. It's what he was going to, right? Michigan State is not going to win the Big Ten, just like Auburn's not going to win the SEC. But I think he, uh, Peyton Thorne probably believes that he can develop into a potential pro prospect in a better way under Hugh Freeze than he could under Mel Tucker at Michigan State. And, um, you know... We'll see. We'll see. Hugh Freeze and
1: may be the key here.
2: I, I think he is. I think. Yeah. I think it's. This is all about Hugh Freeze. And you now we had Tim Brando on yesterday, and Tim uh, called uh, one or two of Michigan State's games, and he wasn't really effusive in his praise of Peyton Thorne. Uh, he was just like, you know, that he, he's limited uh, physically, but in in Hugh Freeze's offense. You don't need a huge arm. I mean, remember, Bo, and he mentioned Bo Wallace, right? Bo Wallace was able to uh, go into Brian Denny, I believe he was in Brian Denny, the, and, uh, and beat Alabama. And, uh, and and Chad Kelly was able to do that as well. And um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens there. Uh, this is something that I, I expected uh, and hopefully uh, for Auburn fans uh, and, and just college football fans, I, I, I hope Robbie Ashford takes this the right way and decides, hey, I'm just going to keep grinding, keep working, keep trying to get better because he um, definitely could be the starter next year. Although the thing about Robbie Ashford is he's not Hugh Freeze's hand-picked guy. Right, because you know Hugh Freeze is going to go out and try to recruit. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's gotten one yet, but a uh, you know a, a quarterback for the future, so to speak. And uh, feel bad again for Robbie Ashford. He, he could be just yeah. sort of caught in uh, in a situation that isn't it's great for be. him. Got to be very disappointing.
1: Let's break. Justin Fowler's next on Big Noon Sports.
2: The entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker At the Bama That's Laura Lee at the Bama
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, the high today at 92, clear tonight below 68. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine, the high 94, and the weather stays dry on Sunday. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high Sunday at 95. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best
3: sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports on a
1: Packers program is back to coach with Lars Anderson. Justin Jones is our producer and our guest, fullback, University of Alabama and the NFL Justin Fowler. And I will let you know up front that Justin, and I believe it's Marquise Mays, are gonna be making personal appearance. Uh, Saturday, September 9th from 2 to 4, Vintage Trading Post and that will be in Dora one of my favorite little towns in all of Alabama Justin, I don't know that you've ever met any of us in person, but we welcome you to the show how's your Friday going? Going
4: pretty good, glad to be with you guys today
1: Uh, Appreciate, what do you do these days? Yeah, I'm just working
4: out on um, Mobile State Doc as a superintendent on the terminal side
1: so, you went to the tide to the bay, so to speak. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell us a little bit about this appearance you're going to be making.
4: Uh, we're just coming up. I'm going to have a great time, man. Um, I'll be having uh, my million mem- memorabilia, uh, have my rings, my jerseys. Uh, people can come out, put the jerseys down, put the rings on, just come and have a good
2: time. Jalston, it's uh, uh, Lars Anderson here. Uh, How did you get the nickname Nudie when uh, you were at Alabama?
4: (laughs) Nah, I've been had the nickname Nudie from when I was a baby. Uh, My dad told me when I was a baby, he was in the hospital, he just kept holding me, saying, This is my nudie baby. And it just stuck with me throughout my whole entire life.
2: (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's a great nickname. Um, Oh, yeah. And what uh, what's your fondest memory of playing at uh, the University of Alabama?
4: My most fondest memory is uh, winning that Texas A&M game. Uh, walk off home, well, I feel like it's a walk off home run, but the walk off just going just down. We uh, do a little dump pass, and uh, I just thought that was the biggest thing ever because they hadn't that to do before. And me, I was giving out for games, and I was just like, I, I didn't play year that year because of, because of injury. But other than that, I was, I
1: was happy to be those guys. Johnson, you big-time player coming out of big-time high school program in the state, and that's Viger. Um, why did you decide Alabama, and how much did Nick Saban play a role in that?
4: Coach um, Saban played a pretty significant role, and he told me, uh, he recruited me. Actually, I was at uh, the All-Star game present, and I watched one of my guys play in Coach Stevenson, it was my high school coach at the time. Um, Kyle, uh, coach Stevens called him, and he was—I guess—he was guess asking about me. And I heard Coach Stevens saying he's standing right here next to me. And next thing I know, he was, Coach Stevens he is handing me the phone, and like uh, Coach Saban said, he's going to offer you a scholarship. And once I get on the phone with Coach Stevens, Coach Saban said, "I don't want you talking to nobody. I don't want you going to with nobody. You give you a scholarship." And um, when it came down to it. I had a lot of guys in my ear like the Florida State, Tennessee, you want to come here and start, or you want to go to Alabama ride a bend because the backfield was loaded. You had Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, you had uh, Eddie Lacey. Uh, but the main, the main, the side effect was me and my mom. We sat down and I think Jimbo was trying to come down and talk with me. Like the day after, me and my mom sat down and I said like, Mom, what do you want me to do? Because my mom was like one of my best friends at the time, and I love my mom belt. And I feel like whatever she says is And she just like, Dawson, it, I want you to go down. And I said, Yes, ma'am. That was it. That was the side effect.
2: What was Coach Sabin's? Uh, recruiting pitch to you? Because a- as you mentioned, you you were coming into a situation where the backfield was absolutely loaded with NFL talent, and uh, a lot of guys would shy away from that. But what was it that Nick Saban told you that really uh, convinced you that Alabama was the place for you?
4: Hey, he really didn't convince me. It was just more me like a prize thing. Like, I can show these guys and go and play with the big man guys. And that was my main thing. Um, he yeah, always told me that I had to work my my way up, like, cause you know, you recruit you recruit the big name guys to come in and play. So some people, you know, back then you, you didn't have the transfer portal, so you had to come in and, and turn your butt off. So I went in there and turned my butt off for three, four years, and and all they all fell in place for me.
1: What are your thoughts on uh, Alabama's addition for this upcoming season?
4: Uh, I think I think we'll be alright. I mean, I feel like once we get that quarterback situation situated, it will be we'll be alright. Um, I'm hearing good things about Melrose and Ty Sampson, and I just want, I know Coach says he's gonna pick the best guy for the for the, uh, for the team, and I feel like it's gonna be like a situation when it comes to Blake Blake and uh, when it came to Blake and Jay Copeland. Um, he, he, he let the guys decide if they want to start off quick in the game, and he let both of the guys play, and, and he went from there. style the skyrocketing and I feel like it's going to be the same way with those guys.
2: Charleston, you played uh, fullback at Alabama, obviously, and in the NFL. Why do you think the fullback has almost become extinct in the college game and the pro game uh in uh and and how are you able to uh succeed at a position again where we're just not seeing that many players uh or not many coaches even carry fullbacks on on NFL teams Yeah um a lot of guys
4: we're a place with like tight end like the guy who can line up any, any, and everywhere. Like you can put them on a lot of scrimmage, you can put them in the backfield, you can just spread them out. And as a fullback, if you're able to do those things, you're you more likely to be have a spot on the team. But why would I want you to just block for me? And that's the only thing you can do. And I was just going to give me a tight end, and he can do everything that we actually you to do. And I think that's why the fullback position is dying out. And that's why I kind of feel like I was so valuable at Alabama because you can spread me out. You can put me in fullback. Um, you can put me on a line of scrimmage and blocks, learn to combo blocks and stuff like that. So I feel like if a fullback can become more personal and be more like a age-back type guy, you will be more valuable to the team.
1: Hey, assess Alabama's running back room because there's a lot of talent in it. Sir? Talk about Alabama's running backs.
4: Oh man, um I can't I am with names, but I like two. Uh I think McCu McCullough.
1: Yeah, Jason.
4: I think going to be pretty good for us. Um I like number five too. I think he's still the help us a lot. And, um in short yardage short short other situation. And I definitely like that person. He, he reminds me a lot of Trent. He can run hard, he, he can move and I think I think we're gonna be pretty good at running the running back position. I'm not worried about that.
2: You know, I, I do remember before the uh, 2014 season, and uh, Nick Saban was talking about you, and and uh, he was saying how you you've matured and you've progressed from being a, a young guy that came in with a lot of ability, and now uh, you, you, you again you've matured and into a fine young man. You had graduated. You have big big goals for yourself. You do things the right way. And and then at, at the end of all this, Nick Saban said, and this, this is what really caught my ear. He said, that's what makes me believe the process works. It's, it's guys like you, Jalston. So what was it like? Was there anything in particular when you're at Alabama that uh, just helped you along? Was it just, uh, again, sort of abiding by Nick Saban's core principles, which, uh, as we all know, is is called the process? Yeah,
4: sure. It, it was that, and I didn't want to embarrass my business. So I try to, same with me, I try to live the right way and do the right thing. And Coach Saban I always preached do the right thing when nobody's watching. So I try to live by that model. And like I said, I wanted my parents to be proud of me. I uh, wanted my family to be proud of me. I was one of the first guys for my family to go to college. So I didn't want to put a bad name like that and put the target on my back and say, this guy is bad, back, bad back business, and he, you don't need to be around us and stuff like that. So I just wanted to make my family happy and do things the right way.
1: Justin Fowler is our guest here on Big Noon Sports.
4: Uh, what was
1: your NFL experience like?
4: I mean, it was great. I mean, I did a lot of things to myself that uh, that, that 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 could have been avoided, but but now um, it was just a great learning experience, and, and I feel
2: like it, it was it was a good process. Is there a highlight that sticks out to you about um, about your time in the NFL?
4: Not really. Um, I just missed playing with my brother, um, Derek Henry. Like, that was like, one of my favorite people in the world, man. Um, he showed me a good time. We showed each other a good time. When he first came up, um, we, sp- we hung out a lot. And when I came back to sit- for my second stint, he showed me a lot of love and let me stay with him. And like I said, there's too many things stick out before- beside my first touchdown, which I should have kept the ball, but I didn't. I gave it back to the referee, <laughs> and I should have kept it. Yeah.
1: Emmett Smith kept every darn one of his. I should
4: have did the same thing. um,
1: Hey, good talking to you. Great stuff. And again, you will be in Dora. And I'll promote this on the other side of the break. But uh, his appearance, along with Marquise Mays, I think uh, Mount Cody is on this list too. But that's further down the line. Justin, have a great day and enjoy your weekend.
4: You too, boss.
1: All right. Talk to you soon. Uh, Justin Fowler uh, joining us on Big Noon Sports. Uh, When we get back, Lars, I think Missouri has done the exact opposite of what I thought might help with NIL. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break on Big Noon Sports.
2: Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you.
5: NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RNR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 27036 Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're
6: making improvements and helping our communities stay connected.
7: We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's Move
4: Over
0: Law requires you to move over. Over a lane when you see flashlights on the roadside. And if you can't
6: safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. From
3: T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: austin fowler he will be in dora on september the 9th and this will give you plenty of time to get to the stadium catch the kickoff but he will be at vintage trading post two to four saturday in dora and he will be accompanied by marquise mays and mount cody is going to be in birmingham uh, about a month later so we'll help you folks get to know those venues and times, and there you can go drop by, see the memorabilia, get your picture taken, whatever you want to do. These guys are very open, and they understand the value of the fans,
2: the University Matt, of Alabama. Matt, you, you, you teased a story coming uh, or going into break about Missouri and what they're doing with NIL. I can tell you right now, uh, Governor Mike Parson... I don't know if he's a Democrat or a Republican. I don't know how many, term, how many years he has left in his term. But I can virtually guarantee you he's going to get reelected because of what he has done huh. with NIL. <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to set that up. Well,
1: I really don't know what the guidelines were going in. But you would think that once you signed an NIL deal, you could start receiving that money once you got on campus. But... This bill, which was introduced, what, six months ago?
2: And was it passed today or yesterday or something like that? Uh, he, uh, he, uh, the governor signed it uh, officially okay. in July in his House Bill right. 417.
1: So anyway, if uh, you say I want to come play football for Missouri, um, you can start receiving your NIL money up to six months before you get there. This is not what the NIL was all about. This is not at all. And in some respects, Lars, I can't believe they're doing it. I I guess they're doing it because they're not going to have the monies to compete on the levels of the Alabama and and the USC's of the world. But this is just wrong. (laughs) So you can can pay a quarterback $100,000 to
2: go to his prom. I think as I understand this bill, uh, okay. It does two things. One, it allows coaches and, and, uh, in school officials at Missouri colleges and universities to be more actively engaged with NIL negotiations. But here's what, is the uh sort of crown jewel if you are uh, governor parsons of missouri of the bill is it, it it allows if you're a high school recruit if you're a high school football player or just a, an elite high school athlete in missouri now if you decide to sign with an in-state college And that's the key here. You have to sign with an in-state college. If you stay within the Show Me State, Missouri, you can begin earning compensation, NIL compensation, while you're in high school. So, like, it is, it it is, I, I agree with you, like, uh, I I'm not, I, I don't think this is good at all for the game, but I have to credit Missouri for their, their ingenuity here. And there are all now several states are rushing in. <laughs> several state right. legislatures are like, hey, wait a minute. And so all across the footprint of the Southeastern Conference, um, <laughs> they're trying to catch up to Missouri. I know that Arkansas and Texas have similar NIL laws, but. Um, you know, this is a a big reason why I think that, uh, Missouri, we remember, we talked about this, uh, a little while ago that, uh, they signed a a five-star, uh, Williams Nirwani. Uh, (laughs) yeah, their uh,
1: second biggest sign in, 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 football history.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. Like, this this is why we need what we're always saying is is guardrails, and we need uh, uniformity. uh, And uh, again, but the easiest way to do it, or the most logical way, would be to have some sort of federal legislation. However, we know how Washington works, and there's just no way that that's going to happen in a timely fashion. So then how does this actually play out? Uh, I don't know. But uh, look, it's just going to become one state after the next trying to make uh, you know their rules even looser than everyone else. Right? because That's uh true. Because this is all about the money. They're, kids are not go- elite high school players, for the most part. I think Jillian's saying is different, and we've talked about that. But for the most part, elite high school players are going where the most money is. Wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if it but came you know down. What? Texas is going to jump in on this, and it's going to just get crazy. I would think, uh, I don't know, if Kay Ivey's awake, maybe uh, she'll jump into it as well.
1: And the thing about it is, and you made a perfect point a minute ago, is from what I've read, and that's my understanding of the law from state to federal, about the only thing that could stop this, unless Missouri just decided not to do it anymore, is federal legislation. And I don't see that coming around for another two or three years, so or two at least. So <coughs> factor that in. Um, all, there'll be 50 other states that will have adopted this format, and then they'll have to undo it all. And then how do you do that? And grandfather in. What about the kids you've already committed to pay? Keep paying them after the federal law in, is in place. Um, it's a mess, and this is not helping. At all. No,
2: no. And you know that really smart people all across the country are looking at this, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what is the next step? What what can we do to one-up what Missouri has just done? And um, I, I, I think that, you know, the reason that it is uh, – kept to in-state players, right? So if you're again, if you are an in-state player, a high school player, if you're in the if you go to high school in Missouri and you are recruited and you accept a scholarship with uh, one of the colleges in Missouri, most notably the University of Missouri, let's be honest here. Um, you can start collecting NIL money when you are in college. And not only that, Missouri's coaches can help you get the deals. So yeah, um, and, and, and and I don't, and the reason I think it has to stay in state is because it's a it's a state law. You can't necessarily cross state ban- You know, you can't say hey anybody uh, who comes to one of our colleges can get NIL money if you live in Louisiana or California because that that's just not how obviously how state laws work. Um, so. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Governor Mike Parson, I I, I think he uh, just uh, secured re-election. And uh, all he'll have to do is uh, point to the number of five-star recruits that Missouri, out of nowhere, is suddenly getting. And, um, you know, I don't even know if it's Mike Parson, uh, the governor of Missouri, who who dreamed up this bill, but he's the one who signed it. And you know what, (laughs) Matt? Guess who's taking credit for the bill, <laughs> Governor Mike Parson? Wow. Uh, he and he and Eli Drinkowitz, man, they they were just partying it up. I think it was at the state capitol, and <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and uh, actually he was partying up with uh, the Missouri basketball coach Dennis Gates, and uh, they're you know at the at the ceremonial signing of the bill. Wow. And so. Um, but obviously, this has not been lost on any other state official. But, I uh, don't, but, I, but, a... I, but don't you have to give them some credit for their innovation? As, as, uh, much, yeah. as, as much as we don't like it. It's
1: one of those things <laughs> that you go, I don't like it, but I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, well but, put. <laughs> and I have, I have a great question concerning this. I, I don't know if I've found a pothole in it or not, but... It's worth discussing. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. And is it my understanding the wonderful Laura Lee Thompson is going to make an appearance?
2: Bama broker is going to be in the house here at one o'clock. Laura Lee Thompson. Yep. And um, Stan White will follow. Big Noon Sports. Be right back.
1: The Universal.
0: I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. (laughs)
7: Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a a
6: gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit DriveElectricAlabama.com to learn how you can start having fun
8: driving an electric vehicle.
7: Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station.
8: Are you receiving? Unemployment, your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at slash fraud.
0: Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and The Station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity
8: employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility.
0: Type. Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, the high today at 92, clear tonight below 68. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine, the high 94, and the weather stays dry on Sunday. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high Sunday at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: From T-Town to the Plains, This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Indeed.
1: Thank you for joining us. We're talking about Missouri. Uh, It is now state law where the uh, coaches and staff members can go out and approach high schoolers. And if they agree to go to Missouri then they can start receiving their NIL money before they finish high school. And it, if you're Missouri, it's a great idea. It maybe gives you a competitive advantage with the a and of the world. But I just, you know, it's our job to kind of start thinking of uh, holes in this. Um, first of all, if your guy gets injured, you know, and it's been known to happen, a guy will get injured and suddenly that scholarship goes away. Does the NIL go with it? But the bigger questions are are these. And what if the player has received, let's just say $50,000 in NIL money, and he decides he doesn't want to go to Missouri? Is he legally bound to do that? Does he pay the money back? And what if this particular player um, under pay from the NIL at Missouri – what if they do something wrong, um, you know, unlawful? Um, is the is Missouri responsible? I mean, he's technically an employee. Um, I'm sure the way things go in our society today, both of these will be addressed and quite quite quickly. But um, what yeah. do you do, Lars? If uh, can the player change his mind, or is he locked in for life to a Missouri college team?
2: I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think that he's locked in. Does he but, pay the money uh, back? Well, remember Quinn Ewers went to Ohio State for one year and got a million dollars to do that and then <laughs> got uh, the heck out of Dodge and transferred to Texas where he's now the starting quarterback and probably making more than a million. I don't know what his NIL money is, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all that is uh, sort of... Got to be in the, the the fine print of the of the bill that was passed in uh, in in Missouri, and um, but uh, Matt, let's just—it's a mess. This whole thing's a mess. And it's messy. And, and, and as much as uh, we applaud uh, Governor Parsons of Missouri, or Governor Parson of Missouri for. Um, the ingenuity or whoever crafted this bill, whoever came up with the idea, um, it is all it's going to do is force the hand of other schools, especially in the SEC. And, um, you know, think about there, there is not a ton of high school elite talent in Missouri. There's some. Right. But but not a ton. Think about if – I I know Texas has something similar but not quite as uh, strong. But even if uh, in in Alabama, what if uh, either Auburn or Alabama – what if every single uh, four- and five-star player in high school stayed in the state of Alabama? What would that do to both Auburn and Alabama – Right. Because we've we've y- there are many stories uh, of, uh, of uh, you know, Alabama high school players going to different schools, going to Georgia. And uh, I don't know. I was, I was just thinking, do you know uh, an Alabama high school player off the top of your head, like a famous one who ended up leaving the state and going to another school out of state and having tremendous success? Well, yeah,
1: there a couple have gone to Nebraska.
2: Um, yeah, well. But that
1: was successful <laughs> that, at not that worked level. out so well. Um, you know, that, that's a great question. And one I, I think I should. Condridge Holloway.
7: I can't yeah. think of but, a specific name, but I know LSU has stolen some Alabama guys. Or Jameis Winston, right?
2: Yeah, Jameis Winston. There, there you yeah, go. Good job. Uh, yeah, what if Jameis Winston could have got like a million dollars Well, he actually might have gotten a million dollars to go to Florida State. But um, that was a joke. That that was a joke. That was a joke. So was that.
1: (laughs) Um, And now, is recruiting come to the point, and maybe it has been, and I've just not been very observant. Does the coach just come in and say, what's the number? What's the highest number? I'll top it. Yeah. Instead of at least going through the motions of, hey, we run this offense. Uh, we've got this coach. Uh, would you come look at our campus? By the way, um, we've got a great med school. Um, or is it like I just said, Lars, d- does the, the mother and the dad and the player just sit there at the dinner table? And they say, "Well, Florida offer would be ninety five uh, okay, we'll offer you a hundred. Is that just the way recruiting is going to be from now on It's
2: possible yeah, um, you know everybody's got an uncle right who can do um, sort of uh, uh, hold almost like an auction in, uh, in and in, in do the finance in, in back rooms <laughs> and and see who is willing to to pony up the most money, especially if you get coaches and and staff involved, right? Um, and because they're the ones that really can figure out, hey, this is how much we can pay you. And that's what this bill, uh, this law in Missouri, which has recently been signed again by Governor Mike Parson, it allows the coaches to have a much more active role in soliciting NIL money for um for not just the players on their roster currently but also players who are in high school and uh as long as they're in a high school in Missouri and um yeah Missouri I think just closed the borders on, on <laughs> no nobody's going into Missouri anymore to get uh five star players as uh Williams and no- Noirzy I am so bad with uh, pronouncing names, but well, it's N W A N E R I. Nwarney, yeah. He's again. What do we say? The first five stars since uh, Doyle Green Beckham. Yeah, DGB. My guy, um, who I, I, as I mentioned yesterday or the day before that, uh, wrote a long, long story on, on Doriel when, uh, uh, he was just coming out of Missouri and going into the NFL and it didn't work out for him in the NFL. But, um, yeah, he was a former five-star and, uh, and this is, uh, uh, this, this kid is the, the second five-star since, uh, or the first five-star since then, um, yeah. I mean, it's this is a big story. And and, and, and again, it just increases the uh, sense of urgency, I think, to have uniform guidelines Absolutely. and the uniform guidelines are not going to be coming from Washington, D.C. Like I, I've said this so many times that uh, and this is not breaking news. Um, the Congress is a reactive body, not a proactive body, like something really, you know, dramatic has to happen. And then Congress typically responds. And, uh, with, uh, you know, Tommy Tuberville leading the way on this legislation. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how many people in Alabama are real happy with him right now, but, um, I, I don't know, Matt, this is
1: uh let's bring uh, Justin Jones in for just a second cuz I just got a text from him. Uh Justin, give us an update on the USA Amateur Golf term.
7: Yeah, it's coming down to the wire here. Um Nick Dunlap is they're tied through 16 holes. Uh he he got off to a Dunlap that is got off to a slow start. Um gave two holes up on his competitor.
2: Is this, the, uh, is this the quarterfinal? This is
7: the quarterfinal. So, you know, he, if he can get through this, he's got one more match in his way before getting to the finals. Uh, uh, interesting fact too: if if Nick Dunlap can do it and get through to the end, and you know, possibly win the U.S. Amateur, the only other player to have won the U.S. Junior Am and the U.S. Amateur is Tiger Woods. He would join Wow. Some uh, if he can- yeah,
2: I I think Nick Dunlap and and again we had uh, Cannon Claycomb on yesterday, who is um, you know uh, this past season he had been Alabama's sort of number one golfer, and and he was just uh, going on and on and on about how good this kid is, and um, and and Matt uh, I saw that on his Twitter feed. Uh, he said, he said something to the effect of, I love to be hate or I love to be the villain. Like I want to be the villain. Like, so he, he's a, he's a cutthroat competitor, you know? And, and when you're playing match, okay, you're, you're, you're a big golfer like I am. And uh, Justin, have you ever gone just one-on-one in a serious situation? And, and it's almost more mental than physical.
7: Oh, yeah, AMB. it's definitely more mental. It's definitely more mental. I think um, I I can remember playing in high school. I, I might have lost the round already. I remember we had a very nice high school down the road from us. We had a, we had a golfer who was committed to Anchorage. the Florida Gators. Yeah. And I was the number one guy on my team, but I was not committed to a D1 school, and I, I lost the, the, that round before I even stepped on the course because I knew I was playing him. So, yeah, definitely.
2: Did you get any offers to play at, like, D2 schools? I, I didn't really pursue it. I started
7: playing very late. Um, I started playing my sophomore year of high school, and I worked my butt off to – You
2: wow. got to be no, the top golfer of your school, and you didn't start till you are a sophomore? Yeah. yeah. Holy so cow. That's must be a pretty natural. Yeah, you had, you had some game, man. <laughs> I just –
7: I hit the driving range a lot. That's really what it was.
2: You must have hit it a whole. I'm, I'm already teaching my eight year old. Uh, he's out there grinding.
7: I saw the video you posted on Twitter. A Did while you see his back. swing? Y- you might have something on your hands yeah, there, Lars. I,
2: I had uh, several people who uh, who cover golf and, and and play golf for a living comment on Lincoln's swing, and it's uh, you know there's a few little things to iron out, but man, he's just he has got it, and and also at least right now, and I'm not going to push him. Well, I'll push him a little bit, but, um, he just, he, he's obsessed with golf. He wants to play every single day and that's what it takes, man. I mean, if you want to be good at golf, the only way, like any sport, you just gotta, uh, really want it and, and be willing to practice. And, and the thing is Lincoln and I will go out and, uh, he doesn't even... Sometimes he doesn't even want to play. He's like, let's just practice. And wow. we'll, we'll spend... Don't hear uh, that much. No, I, we'll spend an hour and a half just hitting out of the sand. I mean... God, he's, well, already, he's already better out of the sand than I am. Well. Hey, good stuff. Good first hour.
1: Is Laura Lee there yet? Laura Lee's here. All right, Laura Lee. We'll talk to you on the other side of this break. And when we get out in halftime, you're listening
5: to Big News Sports.
0: Town Square Media Station. WTUG HD2 Northport. W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: More Big Noon Sports coming up.
1: In fact, it's coming up now. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson our producer is justin jones a lot of topics to talk about but uh, a special one right now with one of our largest sponsors larley larley it's matt how are you i'm sorry i'm not in the studio today
6: well i'm sorry i don't get to see your smiling face
1: if i'd have known all of this because uh, there's several things i needed to do in tuscaloosa i would have been there but uh, that's my bad on my end uh so good have you been okay roll tide
6: Roll Tide, we're ready. I'm ready to go to the scrimmage tomorrow.
2: Are you heading over there? Yes. Did you go You're to the, the first
6: scrimmage? No.
2: No. What did Why you, do you? What get did to you go and we don't? Yeah. How, how do you get access <laughs> to that?
6: Red Elephant Club. Crimson Tide Foundation.
2: <laughs> so, well, can you, can of you your be our and reporter and uh, <laughs> yeah, come on the show we on Monday report. and tell yep. us exactly what you saw?
6: Uh, yeah, we're not allowed to do that.
2: Do you do you like have to sign your life away saying that you won't do that, or is it just an honor thing?
6: It's an honor thing.
2: So, but, you, <laughs> but a lot of people don't really honor that.
6: Well, I mean, we can talk about it. Uh, a little bit, but there's no video, there's no texting, there's no, you know, tweeting or Xing or whatever you call it. Now. <laughs> yeah, I
2: know. I don't even know either.
6: No pictures, nothing like that, no recordings.
2: What if you secretly try to? Record something. And, oh no, uh, I
6: can't do no, that. No, not
2: you. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I know you wouldn't. But if if uh, someone who is there did, would they be uh, escorted out and never allowed to come back?
6: That's correct.
2: <laughs> Have you seen you that take happen? Your season tickets too.
6: Well, um, they're no. They're not going
2: to mess with that.
6: Well, you know, I don't you know about us. that. Uh, but if you're in Red Elephant Club and we see you doing that, you're out. So it's just not. The coach says no, so no, you don't do it.
2: And how many people typically attend these?
6: Well, they're like I said, Crimson Tide Foundation. They have theirs, and um, Nick's kids, and uh, a club, and of course, uh, Red Elephant Club. From not just us, all the Red Elephant clubs are invited in. So it's a small um, number as opposed to the number of seats. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's always fun. It's our kickoff event for Red Alpha Club um, every year. And so we just, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to see some football.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, 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 no, all right, I have to yeah,
6: ask go, one go ahead, more Matt. question
1: here. This is a great dive, and I appreciate Laura Lee. I know we talk, we came on to talk about your business, and we'll do that. But where do
6: you sit? We're in the uh north uh zone.
1: So what I thought. Food yeah. and beverage and yes. all that kind of stuff. Yes. And, yes. Um, Cause uh sitting outside Saturday afternoon, well, it's
6: well gonna, I mean not
1: gonna be a whole lot different a, a week from then.
6: Exactly. So yes, I'll sit outside uh in the sun. You just get prepared, see, when, in the uh regular games I sit in uh champions plaza and so i'm covered so <laughs> at least i don't have to sit in the sun for uh the games but uh yeah i'll sit out there and sweat
2: who do you think is going to be alabama's starting quarterback
6: Milroe i yeah, think it's gonna you know start I've been,
2: on, I've been ty simpson for a long time but now i'm i'm leaning toward Milroe.
6: Yeah, I mean, that guy's a stud. Yeah. And um, we're going to be running the ball. I think that uh, with his, I mean, he's just so athletic that I think he's going to get the nod. Um, That doesn't mean that he gets, I think they're going to play probably all three for uh, the first game, get him some game experience.
2: So, all right. What is going on in the real estate market right now? I know that uh, interest rates uh, just are at, I think, 7 point,
6: the
2: 7.09, uh, highest in what 20-some years. Yes. Uh, so is that had a little bit of an impact on your- It's uh, a
6: big impact. Yeah. Uh, it's a big impact because when you're looking at- Uh, Some of the buyers, especially on the lower end of the spectrum, they're just priced out of the market. And the housing prices are still, we've got low supply, so it's the same old story. Um, But with interest rates continuing to creep up, then that puts them out of the market. Uh, And it looks like it's not going to be as temporary as originally thought by all the talking heads, it looks like these rates are going to stick around. Can you get
2: access to uh, houses that are about ready to come on to the market before, say, they show up on Zillow? Does that
6: make sense? Yes. (laughs) But we don't talk about the Z word. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Let's remember not give that them forever. any press. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you um, know,
6: I, I always say the A in Zillow is for accuracy.
2: That's funny
1: too.
6: The
2: Z word
1: and all right.
2: Well, I, well, Lars and I are writing all this. Stuff yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. But you you would have access, like if uh, say. Well, first
6: of all, MLS feeds into uh, those that you see online. So uh, the easiest place to do it, of course, I have my website at thebamabroker.com, and you can come onto my website and be there and not be harassed by 20 different agents that uh, Zillow or Realtor.com is going to sell your information to when you want to learn about a property. Uh, ha- having said that, it depends on how often they update. So the local or like on my website is gon- going to update a lot more quickly. It's going to be in real time.
2: Tell us again your philosophy when you uh, bring in a, a take on a new client and uh, just how you want to educate them on the market. And and you want to really just, you know, be with them throughout the entire process.
6: Well, of course, the very first step when you come in and do a buyer's consultation with me, we're going to talk about the market. We're going to be educated on on the paperwork and everything that's involved in the home buying process. And if you don't have a lender, I'm going to get you with a lender right away. Um, because that does determine your price range. And if we don't know what your price range is, how can we find you a house? It makes absolutely no sense to, even though you're looking at, oh, I pay $1,500 in rent so I can afford this amount in a mortgage payment. Well, that's wonderful, but that's not how it works. So we have to get you with a lender to find out what your uh, range actually is and then search in that range. And in today's market with the, the rising rates, if you're not locked in, we have to leave some room at the top for those rates to go up. Because right now, the market, we, like I said, we're not expecting it to come down as quickly as we originally thought. And the Fed may raise the rates again, and that's indirect to the mortgage, uh, you know, because it's loosely based on the 10-year Treasury, which has been wild this week. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to give quotes out this week. You know, it's going to settle down. um, But when you look at rates a year ago, we're at 5%, and right now we're over 7%. Mm -hmm. That's tough for buyers out there and sellers for that matter. Um, You know, the sellers want to uh, stay where they are until rates come down a little bit, which they will. So cash is king.
1: Larley Thompson, the Bama broker from Advantage Realty Group, is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. I read this morning where the University of Alabama's enrollment will be its largest in the school's history this fall. That doesn't surprise me, but and this wasn't common when when I was around uh, at Alabama, where parents would buy condos uh, and you know they got two or three kids coming in at the same time. It's it's an investment. It, it's a great idea. Can can you give greater insight on how buying as opposed to uh, renting that Racky tack? two-and-a-half-bedroom house that I had over there on 13th. There's a way to go now and also purchase for your future.
6: Well, buying condos or even a little house, it depends. It doesn't have to be close to campus, but um, the condos, all you have to do is walk around and look at how many condos we have. I mean, they are everywhere, and that's because they're very popular, They're good investments for uh, the parents who have not just one child, but two or three that are gonna be coming through. Uh, It even works for for one because when you have, um, I mean, our rents are high. We're a college town. So rent is high. And having, uh, buying that condo where you have an asset that you can turn around and sell. Uh, It's a very, very good idea. We do have uh, quite a few um, condos on the market, townhouses, lots of different price ranges. So it looks better now than it did in May when there was practically no condos. So that's good.
2: Yeah, With um, the limited inventory of houses that exists right now, is there one type of house that you're seeing that actually there, there is uh, not an abundance, but the uh, opportunity to, to maybe check out a bunch of different ones? Is there like a price range?
6: Not really. I mean, we have houses here in all different price ranges, Um There are a few in each of the price ranges. We are seeing houses, days on the market, a little bit longer, but you're still looking at average about 18 days on the market. So uh, you have to think about a year ago, uh, houses were flying off in hours, days, you know. And were people
2: having to go over asking price?
6: Some you know, some of the really good ones, are. we're still seeing the multiple offers, um, but some that may not be updated or might need a little bit of work, not quite what we would call move-in ready, might sit a little bit longer. But I've seen, some, I've showed some really nice houses that have been on the market a while. And it's just, it really is coming down to those interest rates.
2: What about, um, I always ask you about this because I'm kind of interested, uh, lake houses. Is it a good time to buy a lake house, generally speaking, at the end of summer? Is that when you're going to find the best value? No, Okay. not well, at all. all goes, there is goes my I know, theory. <laughs> I
6: know about those lake houses. So really, uh, especially here, Uh, And it depends on the lake houses. Uh, The prices vary. If you're on a slough, it's going to be a little bit lower than wide open. And once again, it comes down to what type of house and how much money you have. I mean, there are plenty of million-dollar houses on the market uh, on the lake. However, when you get down to a certain price range, there are... Very few and if you think you're gonna buy something for like four hundred thousand, um find it for me. <laughs> you know what? I, I that
2: I've been looking around at Smith Lake. I used to have a place at Smith, sold it and uh, and now wanna go back and there is just nothing. Nothing, nothing like under six hundred basically.
6: Right. It's tough. It is tough. And here, too. Well, I really thought everything would
2: come down at the end of summer. No. No. Uh-uh,
6: it's supplies. Yeah. Basic ed- economics. Did you take that in school? I didn't. I didn't think you did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you, Laura Lee.
6: <laughs> well, I mean, you're in journalism. Yeah, I mean, no, that's... No, I'm getting, you know. I, I
2: don't understand numbers at all.
6: Exactly. So, uh, that is econ 101 supply and demand so prices if they come down it's only going to be a little bit it's not going to be a lot.
2: Justin you're you're a younger guy are you uh, are you looking to become a, a home buyer? Um not currently I'm not uh but
7: in the future for sure and i and I know who to go to for it. <laughs> well thank you.
2: The Bama broker um yeah, it, 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 are you seeing a, among your clients? Are there? Do you have many who are first-time home buyers right now? And, some, and looking around,
6: some, uh, but it's it's just a tough um, time for first-time home buyers that are not within a certain price range.
2: And. Um, Gosh, where are, are there any deals to be had right no now? No
6: deals. There are no <laughs> deals. There have not been any deals for several years. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't find what you want. It just means that it may take a little while, and you have to adjust your thinking of what your price range is.
2: Uh, tough times right now to uh, to buy a house. Well, you know, that's why you need
1: Laura Lee, too. That's right. Because, uh, she can help through the troubling times as well as the profitable ones. How do folks get in touch with you? You mentioned your website. I know you you have Advantage uh, Realty Group, too. Um, if somebody's interested in listening to Big Noon Sports right now, how do they get in touch with you?
6: Well, you can always call my cell at 205-790-7229. You can reach out to me uh, on my website at thebamabroker.com. And if... You could also email me at Lee at thebamabroker.com. But that's Lee, L-E-I-G-H.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, I like that spelling because my daughter's the same way. All right. Well, we will not list you as a source, but uh, I expect to call Monday morning and tell her (laughs) who's going to be the quarterback.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you my insight.
2: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Laura Lee. Thank you so much for coming by. Uh, Thanks, y'all. Indeed. All right, uh,
1: Lars, I guess we finally have to bring it up. Actually, want to bring it well, up. Well,
2: hold on. Did you well, take economics in college?
1: I took of 101 when I was a freshman. Okay. Because Jack O'Rear was sitting behind me, and I thought I was big time because the Alabama quarterback was sitting right behind
2: me. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we we'll I talk didn't take real. it because I had to protect my GPA. I, I don't know how I got that requirement out of the way, but... Uh, it was just too intimidating for me.
1: Well, there are some levels and some courses you have to take, no matter, you know, even when outside of your major. I had to do that, too. But, uh, you know, you get through it, and you graduate, and then you get on Big Noon Sports. Brought to you by <laughs> Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker, the Advantage Realty Group. We'll be right back.
2: entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon. The high today at 92. Clear tonight below 68. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine. The high 94. And the weather stays dry on Sunday. The sky partly to mostly sunny. The high Sunday at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 92 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From
3: T-Town to the
0: Plains, this is
3: Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Thanks for joining us.
3: Stan White will be with us in a few minutes.
1: We appreciate uh, him joining us. Uh, he can talk to quarterbacks at the college level started every single he started four straight years of quarterback at Auburn I don't know that there's many others that can uh, make that claim in the history of the game but anyway Lars um just not a deep dive because unlike yesterday we haven't seen 17 different stories about realignment in conferences at least I haven't but one thing is for certain Stanford wants in the ACC
2: yes um, that, that that is pretty cool or pretty clear yeah <laughs> Laura Lee's got me flustered here uh, giving me a hard time about uh, not taking econ 101 um, but yeah I, I think um, that uh, that I think both Stanford and Cal like after you know reading uh, different stories. And hearing other people discuss this, I, I think Stanford and Cal are actually going to end up in the ACC. I really do.
1: Well, they've got to get another vote from uh, either North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson or Florida State. It just doesn't make sense to me geographically. And I took Geographics 101. Geography. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't. I was failing English at the time. Uh, but I just it, the geographics and the money of that just don't make sense to me. But I, I guess it does. And these schools and these conferences have the money uh, because some of them will have to make financial concessions uh, just to get into that league. You know, I joked last week, earlier this week, about this new Pac-18 or whatever that was going to include UAB and it would have Wazoo and all this kind of stuff Cal and Stanford and and I don't think anything's maybe does happen, I don't know but the more I think about it I I really like the idea of perhaps taking what's left, very little of the Pac-10, Pac-12 now Pac-4 and mixing it up with some of the more elite teams of uh, the Mountain West and you know, having a new, old Pac-12. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yes. Um, and and I I know that uh, Stanford. Um, gosh, you know they they have just been behind the eight ball when it comes to conference realignment. They have just been left out because they're, they're, this is all about football money, right? And uh, their program has been down recently. Um, But um, Stanford, according to a report that came out uh, yesterday, that they informed the remaining Pac-4 schools that the level of their desperation to go to the ACC is so great that they are basically willing to join the conference for free. Literally, for free, <laughs> and the, the AP uh, sources said that uh, leaders from Stanford uh, and the other three schools still left in the in the Pack Four um, that uh, they spoke on Thursday, and with uh, with the Stanford saying that uh, they would leave again for a significantly discounted portion of the ACC's media rights fees. Now. Would that be enough to get a team or to get a a, a, a school like Florida State to switch their mind? Right, because Stanford just needs one more vote, and they're essentially in. and uh, And I think, and I think Cal would come with them. Um, maybe the bigger question is though: is that good for the ACC? Right. Be, be, it, because if it's just Stanford and Cal, you it, it, it's just so lopsided uh, geographically. I mean, does that really matter that you just – you have two teams out of uh, – how many teams are in the ACC right now? Was it uh, 12, 14? Something like that. Yeah. It's hard.
1: And it literally and, – and It's hard this to keep up business. with. It, it is very hard to keep up with. You you make a very good point on the finances of this. Um because while not receiving money, Stanford is paying to get into this conference. Yeah. That's
2: how bad they want it. And I abhor that idea.
1: And the thing you is, like,
2: so Stanford right now, they would accept like, a terrible, terrible financial arrangement in order to get into the ACC. Now, why would they be willing to do that? Why would they be willing to sacrifice tens of millions of dollars per year? Well, it's because Stanford, their endowment is as big as any school in the country, I believe. I mean, st- they are just sitting on a, uh, a mountain of money. And so I think they are willing to take a harder financial hit in the future than basically any other school in the country. And the thing is, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon, they can't do that. But Stanford can. And so maybe, who knows? Is it Would it be uh, just Stanford going to the ACC because they would be willing to accept a horrible, horrible deal because they just don't want to be sitting there in, in the pack four? Who knows? I I don't. I could then, barely keep up with it. But you. then, okay, so... Every other school in the ACC is on the East Coast, right? Eastern time zone. And then you got Stanford. Think about how the travel for Stanford athletes, if they were in the ACC. Even the Big Ten would be more understandable.
1: Yeah. But evidently, the Big Ten wants no part of Stanford. Yeah. Or Cal. You know, I I think I would take a long, hard look at Stanford uh, because of what you just said, because of their reputation, and you talked about this earlier in the week, they have the most successful athletic program in America.
2: Yes, uh, yeah. They it, win they, the they, national
1: they, award every year, even when their team is finishing eighth in the league. In
2: yeah, football. the problem is that uh, they're the reason that we can say that be, is because of their success in non-revenue generating sports. Right. Yes, Stanford produces more Olympic athletes than any other school in the country because of their swim teams and their volleyball. And, you know, you can go on and on and on down the list, but uh, their football team just doesn't generate the money and so would stanford really be willing to do this i mean the, the the associated press who you and i both trust i mean the ap rarely gets stuff wrong rarely 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 gets stuff wrong and they are the ones that saying that stanford has informed the other pac four schools that they are going to that they would be willing to leave and go to the acc basically for free. And if you're the ACC, how do you turn that down?
1: Well, I don't know. Look up the cost of airline flight. <laughs> you know, from Clemson, South Carolina to Stanford.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I guess you got to go. Everything goes through Atlanta. I've told you. I've told you that uh, I've spent so much time connecting through Atlanta that After I die, I'm pretty sure my soul is going through Atlanta. And that's where judgment will be rendered if I go up or down. It will be in uh, the Atlanta airport. So you're either going to heaven or Or hell. You have to go through
1: hell. You have to go through Atlanta to go to hell?
2: (laughs) Or heaven. Um, Oh. Probably hell. Either
1: either (laughs) way. Uh, Speaking of the Atlanta airport, I got a uh, kind of interesting story about waiting there for hours because of an SEC football fan.
2: Hey, hold on, Justin. You were going to add something about Atlanta Airport.
7: I was just going to say, you're making a... It sounds like a very good blues song, you know? <laughs> going
2: through Atlanta. <laughs> how, how it, yeah, or country music. If I like country, but maybe I could write a poem about it.
1: There you go, John Key. <laughs> we'll be back with more Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing Union you know Home Mortgage.
2: securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge is trustworthy and treats customers like family and no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker haley sansing based right here in tuscaloosa Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Work is a part of all of
0: us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association.
3: This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
1: Back on Friday with Big Noon Sports, Matt, Justin, Lars. Stan White be with us in a few minutes. I teased the story and now I feel compelled to deliver it. I will keep it in a uh, capsule. But um, right after 9-11, I, we were flying to Houston to do a UAB Houston basketball game when they were in the same conference. And, man, it was just outstanding. But we had to fly through Atlanta. Why else, you know? And we left, I don't know, Birmingham around 2. You get to Atlanta in about 28 minutes. Uh, we get there, and all of a sudden, this, all, all this commotion. Uh, the next thing we knew, we everybody in the airport had to go outside and stand on the top of these parking decks and under the decks and everywhere. And we thought that, wow, this is crazy. but. Uh, we ended up staying in the Atlanta airport 14 hours while security combed everything and took every single precaution necessary, all because, oh, uh, I hope I'm getting the teams right here. I'm pretty sure since it was Atlanta. A Georgia fan was going to see the Georgia Ole Miss game in Oxford. He had forgotten his video cam, and he didn't have much time, so he like he went up the down escalator causing a huge ruckus and then he tried to fly back to get in line to catch his flight and he had like forgotten he would forgot his kid for goodness sakes or left his kid at the gate but anyway he disrupted everything and it was right after 9-11 so uh, we got to Houston at 4-30 the next morning. Wow. I don't know that that's very interesting, but yeah. you I have some, talked uh, about Atlanta. some news
7: here, guys, coming from the U.S. amateur up in Colorado. Uh, Nick Dunlap was tied through 18, goes to the first playoff hole, and birdies to move on to the next round in the U.S.
2: Wow, pressure. He delivers. We're going to hear a lot wow. about Nick Dunlap. Here at Alabama, and uh, and when we were speaking to uh, um, uh, uh, Cannon Cannon Claycomb yesterday, um, he said, "Hey, we're we're going for the national championship." And I mean this 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 golf team is going to be fun to watch at Alabama. I mean, uh, because I think at minimum they have two PGA players on the team. In in Canon and Nick, and uh, this is a wow. So now he's on to the semifinals, and do we know who he's going to play in the semis? Sorry, I'm. I- <laughs> Matt and I have this thing where we uh, try not to ask questions that we don't even well, know the answers
1: to. <laughs> uh, well, this, that, that would be hard to know, given where you are right now, where so, I am, what we're doing a live show, and it just happened. So
7: so the other, um, the other two players that are in the quarterfinals are also going to extra holes, and that hasn't been decided just
1: yet. Uh, right. Okay. Man, that's some high-pressure golf for 20 yeah. those
2: guys. Yeah.
1: Gosh, have you the
2: first hole in in match play? Gosh, that is. What did
1: he start? What was
2: his position on the so, grid? Oh, he, that was like, he was like he was the last one, right? Yeah.
7: So, like Cannon explained to us yesterday, they they play just stroke play, and then it's seeded by the rankings on stroke play. And Nick Dunlap was forty-one. In stroke play, he was playing. So he started off against Gordon Sargent,
2: who was with number number one, one, right? Yeah, Uh,
7: and uh, he was playing against the thirty-two, number thirty-two in this matchup today.
2: Wow,
7: he has
1: moved his way up. Um, Sargent was the highest finishing
7: amateur at the Masters, wasn't he? Nah, maybe that was the the Texas A&M golfer wasn't it oh yeah uh, at the masters sergeant finished well in the pga i think one of them i yeah, think you're right matt yeah. but at the masters i believe it was the texas a&m golfer
2: yeah well um matt did you see this story and uh i know we we, we got to get to break here in a second so we have uh, as much time as possible with uh, stan white that uh, Pat Fitzgerald, the former Northwestern coach uh, who was fired because of the uh, hazing accusations and allegations, uh, he is gonna serve as a parent volunteer for uh, the football program at Loyola Academy, which is a a high school in the uh, Chicago suburbs that uh, both of his sons attend. And, um, you know, Remember when we were talking to Matt Fincus earlier this week and uh and Matt was just uh really he he knows pat fitzgerald he played against pat fitzgerald right and uh he just he just didn't understand what was going on there and and by all accounts and I've never talked to pat fitzgerald um but by all accounts he is uh he really has a good reputation
1: yeah. Really, it's better than good. Yeah. In fact, the only thing I've ever heard negative about him is this particular incident.
2: Yeah. And uh, it just feels like there's some CYA going on at Northwestern. Because remember, the the president of the school on Friday was like, ah, we're just going to give him a slap on the wrist. And then, because of pressure that mounted over that weekend, he fires him on Monday. I'm still surprised, by the way, that the Northwestern president still has a job. But um, I don't know. Something about this story at Northwestern, just it seems off, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. It's a lot like the the Tui-Michael Ower story. There's yeah. something we don't know, you know. There's got to be something we don't know. Um, I don't know. It's not really up to me to judge. But then again, I guess it is on, on what Pat Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick wants to do, but um, I think I would just stay down. I don't know if I would go get visible,
2: and even if
1: it's your son's, and even if it's a voluntary thing, um, you got lawsuits hanging all, all over you and all over Northwestern.
2: It might be best to just go sit by the lake. I agree. I agree. But then again like one of his sons is a, is a freshman. The other one's a junior and you know better than I, how fast it all goes with your kids. And this is a great way for him to spend, you know, perhaps, perhaps in retrospect, right. or, Or down the road, he will look at being fired by Northwestern as a blessing because he got to spend time with his kids. I know that's probably a stretch, but, uh, you know, you, that's you, you what should, I
1: would. That's what I would do. Though you can't get you, you can't do. get
2: this time back. No,
1: nope. that's uh, spend as much as you possibly can. And coaches on every level, particularly at the college level, are, are gone all the time. Especially now. Hey, when we get back, we'll talk with uh, Stan White, former Auburn quarterback and broadcaster on Big Noon Sports.
5: To the biggest cag today. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites, come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. A sunny sky this afternoon, the high today at 92, clear tonight below 68. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine, the high 94, and the weather stays dry on Sunday. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high Sunday at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 93 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: On a Friday afternoon, and the heat's back up. It was nice for a couple of days. We got down in the 80s. We headed back in the 90s with the humidity and all that. Uh, we talk about it, but there's not a thing we can do about it. You live in Alabama, that's what you expect. Uh, joining us on Big Noon Sports is former Auburn quarterback and broadcaster Stan White. Stan, how you doing? Do you play golf when it gets this hot?
8: You know, uh, I I played golf for the first time, uh, true story, about two weeks ago. Um, a guy, um, I, I helped coach up with John Carroll, and the head coach uh, had a birthday. And we went and played golf. Um, for the. And it was the first time I played golf since August of 2019, uh, believe it or not. And I love golf. I do. Uh, I'm pretty felt, good you know, at it. I've never, with you. I, I never, well, you know, I, I'm used to be better than I am, but, I've, but I, you know, was always a uh, decent because I played more, but, but I, um, but I didn't play bad. Actually, I think I need to take about four years off and just play <laughs> every four years. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't play as much golf anymore. It just takes too much time. If they would, if they would narrow it down to a 12 hole round total, then I'd be fine with it. But it's hard to go five hours or so when you, Taking consideration, warming up a little bit, and especially in this heat, man, I, I just it's hard to do it.
2: So, what did you end up shooting? Uh,
8: 83, 84, something like that. Oh, there
2: you go. Uh, yeah.
8: and so, not, not I played. I played better than I figured I would because I literally haven't picked up a club in four years. So, uh, last time I played was with Roddy Brown and Jason Campbell and the Auburn Network crew. I'm uh, down at one of my favorite courses down uh down silicaga, farm links, and uh played played pretty decent that day, but, but I just didn't pick up the clubs again throughout COVID and, and so I guess I guess I'll go play. It's the birthday of a of a colleague and we'll go do that. So uh so yeah, I enjoyed it but I, I'm not ready to play any other time soon with this heat man. I'll tell you it's uh it's tough.
2: Stan, before we get into uh, what's going on at Auburn and and, uh, Peyton Thorne being named the starting quarterback, um, since we have you, I I don't know if we've talked about this before, but um, why did you decide to step aside from uh, being the the color analyst for Auburn uh, Radio?
8: Well, yeah, I appreciate the question, and, and it's really pretty simple. Uh, it was time to make up for some family time. Uh, you know, I've got, you know, you guys know in this business uh, for 22 straight years, I want to say someone told me 280 some odd, 281, 282 some odd Saturdays in the fall. You know, I was, you know, talking talking to a group of people I, I, I didn't know on the radio for about uh, for about seven or eight hours in a given Saturday, and And what I was, you know, what I was starting to realize that I have now a sophomore in high school. I've got an eighth grader and I've got a fifth grade daughter that, you know, they had never been to a football game with me. They had never experienced a fall Saturday with their dad. And and I, you know, talked to my wife a little bit and, you know, and we just discussed it. And I said, you know, I think it's um, I think it's time. I just need to, you know. While, while the kids are still young enough to want to hang out with their old man then I, I think I need to, to do this so it was um no pressure by them whatsoever they they assumed I was just going to keep doing it for as long as I could but I just I, I need to do this uh, I just wanted to to be able to have some memories with them and not look back you know when my kids are in college and after that go man you know we, we never went to a game and experienced tailgating with you dad and and so that's that's the reason. Simple. I, I love doing it. Still having the fire to do it. And love my broadcast partner and crew. I mean, you know, Andy Burcham and you know Brad Law and, and Paul Ellen, who's now back from from um, you know back on the air pre pre uh, pregame, and, and of course Ronnie Brown, and, and just throughout the years, I've been so blessed. So I just figured it was time. Twenty two years, and and uh, I'm looking forward. Don't ask me about a depth chart. I can't tell you who's there too deep. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, it was just. Chapin.
1: Yeah, it was about that time, though. Uh, What a noble reason. Uh, By the way, uh, Jason Campbell is going to take your slot, another former Auburn quarterback. And I think it was just announced today that Will Herring is going to do sidelines. So uh, while not Stan White, I I think you will be, uh, everybody will be very, very satisfied with what they've done. Okay. Uh, Yeah. we see that Peyton Thorne is going to be the starter. Have you seen much of him? And just talk a little bit about uh, Hugh Freeze and his influence on quarterback.
8: Well, I, uh, to answer your first question, I've not seen him in person. I've seen video. seen some past film. Um, you know, and and, and it's, the guy's been through a lot of games. He's got a lot of experience. And I think that probably is the overriding factor, you know, in – Bringing in an, an, a veteran like that, uh, you know, because it's hard. You can't teach experience. I mean, you just can't. You just got to go live it. And, and so he brings that to the game. And, and, and he's played some big-time, you know, college ball. You're, depending on where you live, you know, Big Ten country, they'll say they're the, the toughest conference. And of course, we know that is different down in this neck of the woods, that, that the SEC is there. Um so I think that will help them. and, and uh, But, you know, I think they've got some options, you know, with maybe some packages with, with Ashford. And, and i tell you, the Gurner kid, I mean, he, he always impressed me when he was there. But as far as Hugh Freeze goes, I mean, he's got a track record of being able to, to, to put quarterbacks in good positions. And really some names, uh, I, I don't want to go down all the names he's, he's tutored, but you look at some guys that's kind of come out of nowhere that, that have been top SEC quarterbacks once they were – done with their eligibility at, at an Ole Miss, uh, and, and he did the same thing, of course, with Malik Willis at, at, at uh, Liberty. So, um, you know, his offensive game planning is very difficult. Um, I think you could you could ask Coach Saban about that. I mean, you know, you freeze, uh, probably minus Gus, uh, has had um, what little success that other coaches have had against Saban, he's had some of the, the better success. And so... Um, I think his innovative offensive philosophies are, are really good, and, and so that's you know, and, and these days when you you know transfer a portal and all that, I mean, you're not waiting three or four or five years to build a build a squad. I mean, you can do it in three or four or five months, so to speak, and, and get that chemistry, and, and hopefully, you can get some wins under your belt.
2: Stan, what would you consider a successful season to be for Auburn?
8: Oh wow! You know it's hard to put a W and L um, category of a, of a successful season because you know what you want to see is just progress and and you know them going out and, and and continuing to mature and and get used to this coaching staff and what they want. Um, you know you clearly have your big games and you got you know Alabama and Georgia at, in your friendly confines this year and and, and, and at least it's not back to back as in uh, previous years. Um, So you know, but clearly uh, you, you know A and M, uh, Alabama, you know of course LSU's top ten ranked, top maybe top five in a lot of polls. So you know it's still a heck of a schedule you got to go through. Um, I you know I don't like putting a win loss. So okay seven eight 10, nine, win nine whatever is it successful. I just want to see them go out and compete, get better each week, uh, and you know let the let the record fall where it is. You know um, clearly I think they have a chance. To, to have a winning record, if not better. Uh and, and I don't want to undershoot it. I mean if they the you know, ball bounces their way a few times, uh, you know, they got a chance to, to, to compete with with a with, a, with a, what do they sign? Forty new players, I guess. Um yeah. it's just difficult to tell. I mean it's just difficult. Uh you know I mean yeah I don't want to go out there and, and say, hey look, uh, seven wins would be a great thing. And, well maybe nine wins. You know, maybe that may be a great thing. I mean I, I just don't know. So um just go out and play each one and and go out and compete and and uh see, see where it falls.
1: It looks like if if my math is even close to being correct, that uh Auburn's starting offense and starting defense might be composed half of transfer portal players. That's a that's a story in its own right. I don't want to ask that. I'm just setting up to ask Stan White in his playing days at Auburn. Did you have transfers? I know you had JUCO, but did you have transfers from one four-year school to uh, another that you remember that, uh, you know, were significant in their contribution?
8: You know, it was very rare. Um, we would have, we were clearly sign some JUCO players, uh, guys that may have spent one year at a prep college or whatever, prep school. Um, but it was rare to have a transfer in that I can remember. Now, I, I may be wrong, um, but um, it was just rare to have a guy that, okay, this guy played at LSU, and now he's playing for Auburn. Uh, it was just kind of – it was it was very rare. Um, you know, we, we've we had people transfer out. I remember, uh, uh, I think one that was at Auburn for a brief period, he transferred to Alabama. Uh, and um, – but it, it just was not um, – prevalent back then uh you know usually if a guy transferred it was maybe to a smaller college um you know, but you, you would sign more junior college players and we probably sign I, I guess it was three or four maybe a year uh two or three three or four and and i say I, I throw in their prep school as well uh type of thing where they needed to maybe get their grades up for a, for a year or a couple semesters uh so, but now the transfer portal was was or uh, just the transference in itself was very rare because you had to sit out. I think it was what I had to sit out a full year uh, from yeah. playing. I think that was the yeah, rule. I think,
1: and within uh, SEC, sometimes you had to sit out too.
8: Yeah, and there were restrictions too. I believe. I I, th- I, I think there back then. You know, if you signed, at, let's just say in Auburn, there may have been restrictions where you could not sign with another SEC West type school. Um, yep. So it eliminated several. Several schools. Uh, it clearly is in the favor of the player now, which in a lot of ways that's a positive. Um, but you still, I believe, you still need to look at some restrictions on multiple transferring. And I think they're trying to get there, getting to that um, where you know I think you have an open window now, and and um, because you, you nowadays more
2: than ever you have to recruit your your own roster. To stay with. You. Stan, we've talked a lot this week about uh, Tumors Corner for a variety of reasons, uh, mainly because uh, it sort of open for business again to be rolled. Do you have a favorite memory of Tumors Corner of uh, you know just a, a, an experience that you enjoyed with uh, whether it be fans or, or when you were a player and other students?
8: You know, what's interesting is, I tell people, when I was playing, players, we never, and, and it was just because we were usually getting rehab or getting ice down or getting IVs or whatever, we never went to Tumor's Corner to roll it after games, because I was so, so dead tired. And so, uh, but now, I, I think it's a phenomenal tradition. I love it. Uh, I'm glad that they're back able to do that, because that is a big tradition for Auburn people. Uh, and and it'll be huge uh, when they're able to do that, especially if they can pull up, you know, pull out a win versus like a, a Georgia or an Alabama. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great tradition. I'm glad it's back. It's been a lot of years since those trees obviously were, were were damaged and killed, and so I'm I'm glad that tradition is back, and I'm I'm glad people are able to do that.
1: It's a great one, and your pre-game. Flying of the Eagle ain't bad either. Stan, thank you. Go play some more golf if you can. Spend time with your uh, children and family. And we'll do this again in a few weeks. to just talk about how Auburn's gotten off to a start here. All
8: right, guys. My pleasure. Anytime. Y'all take care. All
1: right. Thank Appreciate you, Stan. It. All right. Stan White with us on Big Noon Sports. It's time to get out of here, Lars. Have
2: you a know great you got weekend. got your kids
1: this weekend. Yep. Play outside. Lose some weight. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, well, you <laughs> on, that on that note, on that note, have a great weekend. We'll talk every, everybody on Monday.